welcome back to the Extended Cut with LJJR. It's this, been a minute. Yeah, it's been another... Well, we've had a hiatus before, like before Blade Runner. But anyway, we're back stronger than ever. I'm Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I'm Lou. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, John. Hello there. And it's just... It's just the two of us this episode. We're down to... But we're going to hold down we're the We're down fort. to the bare minimum. We'll hold down the fort for an episode. Um, yeah. We've been doing a lot of watching old stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff we've been wanting to get around to and finally have, so we're going to talk about that this episode. Yeah, the theme of this one is uh, classics that we procrastinated. So what we've done over the last few weeks is uh, we've got around to watching a lot of series uh, and uh, both movie and TV that are considered classics, you know, the type of things that everyone's always telling you you, you should watch. Um, but in, And get pissed if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and in, in the case of every series, one of the two of us had not seen it prior to watching it. And the other person uh, either already had seen it or was just a little bit more in tune with it. So it was, it was an interesting perspective for all of them. And the first one... Uh, well, do we want to do news first? Yeah, we'll do. I'll take Joe's position and do the yeah, news. Joe, we miss you, buddy, but we're gonna have to do the news without you. All right. First piece of news: Ant Man the Wasp's trailer. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. Oh. <laughs> I thought you would have watched it before. <laughs> well, I I mean, it was the first trailer for it. it looks kind kind of seems like the way like Thor Ragnarok went. Kind of looks like <laughs> kind of a funky. It seems like what Marvel's doing now is they're kind of going for, like, weird stuff on the... Yeah, no, I haven't seen the trailer, but it's one of those things I have been reading a lot about it. Um, not just fan speculation, but just what um, what they're planning on doing with the movie. And it seems that way. It seems like it's not pure comedy, but quirky. Um, I mean, you'd probably get a good idea if you saw the trailer. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you, you would think. <laughs> I, I, I like the first Ant-Man. That was... Yeah, and actually... That, that was one was, of those ones that, like, I think some people said, like... like that and Doctor Strange came out, I think, mm-hmm. the same year. But like, Do- I Doctor like- Strange definitely got more attention. Um, I mean, it is more of a traditional Marvel movie, I suppose. Ant Man or no, Do- Doctor Strange? Yeah, Doctor Strange, I would say. Um, and Ant Man. I mean, it's interesting with Marvel. Pretty much all of their characters are like by comic standards, not necessarily a list. Um, like prior to the MCU, characters like Iron Man weren't that popular, but Ant Man is definitely one that. Not the average person really wouldn't know about, so it didn't really garner as much hype. But yeah. but I mean, the second one looks good. Looks like it'll add on to some of the lore that was made in the first one, and yeah. should be interesting. Going yeah. off of that, also more Marvel news. Um, <laughs> Kevin Feige um, said <laughs> that X Men and the Fantastic Four may not join the MCU till after 2019, and they're not looking to. What are, what's already planned, mm-hmm. they're not going to change to put them in, which I, I think that's a good Yeah, idea. I support that. I mean, it, it was really fun uh, when we did our MCU episode, which everybody should listen to, um, and we talked about this whole uh, X-Men MCU crossover idea. Obviously, they have these things planned ahead years in advance, and I wouldn't want them to rush it. I would want yeah. them to take I, their Especially time to like at this point, because, I mean, Marvel's really culminating. They're doing really well, like with the character they've already developed this far. I, I think it would kind of be a shame if they just started forcing in all these yeah movies. you know imagine and also like i i kind of want fox to finish like you know finish out their deadpool and everything for this year oh yeah and yeah imagine if you had a pre-existing mcu movie and then there was just an x-men cutaway kind of shoehorned in there yeah you wouldn't I, I mean i think i think even 
either way, like legally, it's still a wild. Like this still mm-hmm. has to go under a bunch of stuff. But yeah, all right, take your time with it, Marvel. Um, Tom Hanks has been cast to play Mr. Rogers in a seems like kind of a biography film. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, casting. I think that's a good cast. Yeah, I I'm excited for that. And yeah, I mean, Mr. Rogers is pretty big where we are at the moment, which is the Pittsburgh area. Yeah, um, and I'm a huge. Tom I mean, Hanks where we fan. grew up is like. That's 15 it's minutes his, from Latrobe. Yeah, that's his, that's his home turf. But it, is it just, has, has anything come out about like what it's going to be about? Or is it just purely biographical? Uh, probably biographical. Yeah. I, that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know. But, <laughs> so no, it's a Mr. Rogers. If it's, that like, big, if it's that big of an actor playing him, yeah. I'm sure it's probably... It's like a Mr. Rogers action thriller that <laughs> never actually <laughs> happened. It's just fighting crime in the make-believe. <laughs> but, yeah, that'd be really what cool. What... I mean, I guess he's a pretty interesting life before he became, like... I don't... I mean, consi- Because it, it's not like he had, like, a f- like he was a morally good guy also, so it's not like he's going to have, like, any, like, moral issues in them, or, like... Yeah, like, struggles of conscience. I know... What I know about him is that he really... Uh, I mean, as far as kids' shows go, he was one of the first people to really be into it. Like, the idea Like, of, time the educational... Yeah, aspect. like, there, there being a purely children oriented TV show that was that wasn't like about a comic book or something like that that actually was like the PBS kids genre was pretty much all him and he actually was one of the first people to like pitch the idea of government funding for that so that's probably what it's going to be about what a guy what a guy what a guy yeah alright last bit of news well I guess we'll tie in two things kind of but Black Panther's making a butt ton of money I think it broke like a Fandango record for pre-orders but I guess as of when we're recording right now, three songs of the Kendrick Lamar album are out. Yeah. It's I've, the Stars one. Yeah, the, 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 one, King the one with SZA, King's Dead, and... The one with um, The Weeknd. The one with The Weeknd, yeah. I think, they're all, I think they're all good. They, yeah, I haven't disliked any of them. Uh, and they kind of all have like that sort of Kanye West, almost like kind of a cinematic feel to them. Def, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a movie soundtrack, but... Um, and I think it'll probably mean even more once we see the movie and we can kind of imagine the context. Yeah. Um, but I'm hyped for both. <laughs> like, honestly. I'm excited for this movie, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that's definitely going to be a, a podcast episode as soon as uh, we're able to see it. Yeah. Which is what, the, the 16th that, of February that it comes out? Yeah, like 12 or 16, something. Pretty yeah. soon, what? You really see, within the next couple weeks. So we'll oh, we got to see Paddington, too, also. That's of course, I, of course. I love the first Paddington. We have to see this. Yeah, second. Lou's been trying to get me to see Paddington for a while, and I keep resisting, but I've heard I've heard nothing but good things. Very good. Has heart. Fun for the whole family. Fun humor. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I heard Kendrick Lamar is doing a Paddington, too. It's <laughs> 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 hard-ass rap. Paddington Lamar. <laughs> Um, but yeah, is that is that it for the? I news? mean, also I just wrote down Grammys because like Kendrick Lamar was in the Grammys also. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to stray out, I mean, the Grammys happened. Uh, <laughs> I, we watched them. We watched. I it was, it was fine. Just, I mean, just I, a pretty normal Grammys, I guess. Yeah, I mean, people always are. Um, it seems like people are always unhappy after the Grammys because they they never will give awards to the people who they feel deserve it. The really artistic albums tend to lose to the commercially successful ones. So people were pissed yeah. that Bruno Mars got um got album of the year, but I mean, I I don't know. It's a good album. Yeah, it was <laughs> it it was fun and was it did what did Damn get? Did did Damn get record of the year? 
I think Bruno Mars won both of those. Oh, I really? think the only thing Kendrick Lamar won was like loyalty. Okay. Yeah, I knew. He, I mean, I knew he won something. I think. I think. I think just for rap though, damn one. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, he did. He did get an accolade, and that's kind of what I was hoping for. But yeah, it was. It was good. It was a fun yeah. watch, all things considered, yeah. and I can't wait for the Black Panther album. Or in the, in the movie. And the movie. Oh yeah. No, I'm more excited for the album. Actually, I'm not going to see the movie. Oh. Uh, I'm in it for the music. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. Like we said earlier, we're going to do movies that one of us had seen and was very familiar with while the other wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could consider these all classics. Yeah. Or at least two of them as of now. Maybe the third one will become a classic. But. Third, third one's on its way. But the first one, which I, I believe is pretty much, it's unequivocally a classic among our generation of the Harry Potter movies. Which um, I, I had never seen. Yeah, Lou had never oh, seen I, I'd them. I'd seen bits and pieces. Yeah, you, you had never watched them kind of in succession the way we did, and it's it's nice now that they're on HBO, which is kind of I mean it's it's old news at this point, but that's a news in and of itself that there's from now on there isn't going to be the freeform slash ABC Family Harry Potter marathons around Christmas time because they're all just moved to HBO. Yeah, forever. Which is I mean that's good. I, I think it was definitely. Convenient for us because we yeah, were able to... On my side, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, but we, we watched most of those movies in order, and um, it was it was more interesting for me, I think, because um, I, I really have always been into Harry Potter, and I watched them in theaters as they were coming out, and I read the books, and I was kind of that nerdy kid. Um, but watching them with you and kind of trying to imagine it from the perspective of someone who didn't care about the books... Gave me a new, like a new spin on it. Yeah. Uh, so what? What were your thoughts, kind of out of the gate? Well, this is something you talked about a lot. There's definitely a big tonal, like, big change. I guess after Goblet of Fire. Yeah, that that's where I would draw the cutoff uh, from, like, kids movie to like young adult movie. Yeah, that I mean, there was, and that was for a few reasons. I mean, obviously the the story just gets more mature. The kids grow up um but i think uh, david yates started directing after from the fifth movie onward which would be order of the phoenix and that's when it took on not only was it a darker tone but it was more consistent like after five they all you can tell they felt that, more connected I yeah think. whereas one to four is kind of a kind of a cluster um it's just kind of like there were three different directors from one to four um and they, the tone changes a lot and it's definitely it's definitely more of a children's movie, like yeah. you said. But um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I had fun with these movies. Um, I'd say one of the weaker parts was like the romances. Yeah. The young teen romance the, blossoming. The hormones were flying. It's, uh, what was the one where like everyone was hitting hard? What's the one that starts out with Ron's twin brothers, like their little shop? Um, that's um, that's Half Blood Prince. That's yeah. the sixth movie. Um, yeah, that everyone like hits really hard. Like that, yeah. They is like everyone's like <laughs> just wants to have sex with everyone. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, it comes, it's so obvious. It kind of comes out of nowhere. They're really trying to smack that home because the movie before that is when Harry kisses that the Asian chick, and that's yeah. that's like the first. It was time. a romance I was more invested, honestly, more invested in that than Ron's sister. Yeah. I don't know why, like... Well, okay, so, and again, this is one of those, like, complaints, like, if you if you read the books, you have a different mindset, but um, the Harry-Ginny relationship makes a lot more sense in the books. Yeah. You can, you understand why they like each other, 
in the movies, it was like it, it really felt forced. It was kind of out of nowhere. Um, so I, I can see why it, it wouldn't be believable. But what I noticed, um, again, trying sometimes to, the CGI is a little wonky. That's true. Awesome. Yeah, but there, like, there's some there's some early two thousand CGI happening. No question. Um, I also just noticed that um, in a lot of the movies, there's a bit of a lull in the middle of them. They all start. Yeah, they all start really like strong. We're going back on the Hogwarts Express, <laughs> and then like there's kind of like, oh, what's this year gonna be about? And then it's just like, boom, winter. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, when's this like, when's the battle gonna happen? And then it, the battle does happen. And that kind of mm. makes up for like the lull. But like, yeah, that is like kind of the formula. Yeah, it, it's it almost and it seems more formulaic in movie form than I remember. But when you think about it, I mean, you're just kind of following this school year. Like, yeah. And there and that that's why I mean it, it is pretty much the same pattern every time. And it's also, seen. it's Harry like he looks a lot older in one, and then he like gets young again, and then he looks older again, and like Death <laughs> yeah, Hollows. He like ages and then de ages and then ages like twice as much. I, I think that was just because like I don't know. I mean, it was like their hair or something. They I don't gave know. they gave him like long ass beetle hair in the fourth movie, and then they were like, <laughs> "That's too much. We got to scale this." Back. Everyone had real long hair like that though in that one. Yeah, that, that was even just, Ron did. That was just the lo- uh, and I remember we looked that up. That was like two thousand five maybe. Because I was like before Bieber also. Yeah, so I was like they were. They were cutting. And when edge. Bieber did come out, then they didn't have the hair like that. <laughs> yeah, but and also Daniel Radcliffe is kind of a small guy. He's a little short and young looking, and I think Hermione and Ron surpassed him after a while, and it it just wasn't believable anymore. But all things considered, I mean, they they definitely they become better movies as you go. Yeah, and I, I mean the acting's really good in all these. Yeah, the, like the, Daniel Radcliffe's good. Uh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. He's good. Dumbledore's good. Like everyone, all the acting is very, yeah. very strong in it. Um, the only thing I would say, I think this kind of has to do with like, you know, if you don't read the books enough, but sometimes it just feels like, like stuff's just happening, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like this is happening just because. And then like, there's like sometimes things like, I don't know, maybe that was just me. I I, I mean I I'll, I'll compare because one of the other movies we watched was the first Lord of the Rings, right? And like neither of us had read those books. And it kind of just seemed like sometimes in that movie, like, things are just happening. It's like they're making it up as they go. Yeah, if you don't know the lore, it all seems very random. Yeah. It's like, we have to do this just because we have to do this. Yeah, Uh, it's like, we're going to do this Like, because, yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, we were watching these. It's not like we were taking notes, and it's a lot to, excuse me, it's a lot to take in. So if you don't know what a horcrux is, if you don't know why they're all of a sudden walking around the countryside, on this, you know, scavenger hunt. Yeah. It all seems very random. Um, so that, yeah, I get that. And so with that in mind, like, they're, they're definitely... The, the narrative isn't as strong if you don't know the books is what I Yeah, is what I, I guess there's that. And maybe my one other thing about it was, like, sometimes it just felt like things didn't pay off. Hmm. Like, it seemed like they would build things up and then, like, whatever the conclusion was to some, like, subplots within, like, the saga, like, they just felt kind of, like, not like they lived up to as much as I was expecting. Yeah. Like, maybe Snape's story. Ah, I say I love Snape's story. Well, because, like, like he did that whole, like, he killed Dumbledore. I I mean, of course, spoilers, but these are old. These aren't new movies. (laughs) Snape kills Dumbledore. (laughs) And, like, he infiltrates Voldemort's 
little clan. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets killed by Voldemort. So, like, he once he got into Voldemort's clan, he didn't do anything. Well, he, he spent, like, literally that whole time, like, all of the movies, he was in Voldemort's clan, which are Death Eaters. And he, he, fooled, he fooled all of them. Like, yeah, he but was, he, then he just got killed, though. So it was just like... Yeah, I mean, that was, that was the twist. He was just an <laughs> over, undercover agent and then just got, like... Yeah. didn't really... I felt like that didn't really live up. Like we said earlier, like, the romances didn't really, like... Yeah, the romances sucked. Um, what's the... Who are the, the blonde kid? Uh, you mean... Oh, Malfoy? Yeah, Malfoy. I felt like his story didn't really... Um, he... Yeah, because he was... He he ends on a bad note again. More so in the movies, I think at the end of the final book, he, he like he he grows up. He has a kid, and like you know, he's just kind of like doing his thing. And you almost get the sense that he was redeemed, but yeah, he's just he, he's just a coward in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's his whole thing. Is like he's not at all ready to to be on Voldemort's clan. And or like even when Voldemort dies, he just like fades away. Yeah, and it's like. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. He's pretty, just, he's pretty like, irrelevant in the big scheme. Of I just felt, yeah, I feel like a lot of things, like, they were building up to something big and end up kind of not really yeah. paying off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was good to rewatch these. Um, and, I mean, I mean, did you did you enjoy them yeah, overall? Yeah, overall, yeah. it was more positive than negative. Yeah, it's a good watch. Good watch. Anything else you want to say about Harry Potter? Potter. Harry Potter is dead. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some fantastic YouTube videos you can watch of just Voldemort being awkward and all of his bizarre. Voldemort lasts for ten hours. <laughs> I, I love that one. He, he just is a good actor too, and he, he just has all these really weird screams and wails all throughout. Does the that movie. like make sense with the character like in the books? The, there's no reason for it. It's just an acting decision. Yeah. And he may just, like, no matter what well. happens, he's just kind of, like, squealing <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, like a lot, like, honks. <laughs> yeah, it's a good... Yeah, but... Yeah, definitely recommend looking that up. Look up Voldemort laughs for ten hours. And it's just ten and hours watch of... the entire ten hours. Yeah, and watch the entire ten hours, and then, you know, when you're done, send us an email about what it was like. Is what I would do. But moving right along to our next classic. Yeah, our next classic. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, this is probably pretty hands down my favorite show ever. Um, and John, like he, he's kind of mentioned in our episodes, he's been watching it along, but yeah. he's finished now. I'm done. So now we'll discuss it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think it's probably best just go by seasons. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was all terrible. All right. Let's just start well, there. That's, that's an opinion. Worst show ever created, and I wish you hadn't made me watch it. Um, I'm just joshing you. I loved it. But if we are, yeah, starting with season one, I, um, you, you kind of warned, well, not warned me, but you, you mentioned when I started watching season one that the, the cinematic quality of the show gets a lot better. Yeah. That's Even though that's I, w- I will say the pilot episode's great. The like, pilot, it's like an hour long. Yeah, no, it is, it is great. Um, but there's definitely... There's kind of a little bit of, I would say somewhat of a law, especially in the first three seasons, like each... One kind of has a slow point. See, yeah, see, I mean, my thing, I really never felt, I never felt bored. I, like, no matter what was happening, some seasons and even just, like, series of episodes are definitely more intense than others. But even when it felt like exposition, I was still really 
absorbed in it the entire time. Yeah, even, like, people sometimes say, like, it gets slow, but, like, I mean, I think that when it's slow, it just builds up the characters, and, like, the stakes just get so much higher yeah. every time. Like, so, so what, like, in your mind, what's a slow, what's a, like, specifically what's a slow period that you can think of? Maybe, like, um, I mean, maybe, like, season three. Okay. Before... Is that when they're working for Gus? Yeah, that's when they start working for Gus. Yeah. And that season ends with, like... For if That season ends, you know, like, Walt runs over those two guys. Okay, And then they yeah. kill, um... I, yeah, I can see that. And, and I, kills that I do kind of remember thinking... I mean, um, it's, it's even when I say the slow points, like, it's still, like, not... It's yeah, it's, like, like, it's slow when he runs those two guys down with his car. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, before, yeah. The, 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 like, three episodes before. Mm. Like, literally, like, the episodes in the middle of the seasons. Yeah. I think, um... I, I mean, I wouldn't say they're slow, but I think... That's I, I, I can see why, because I think when, when people are describing Breaking Bad, like, at least when people were explaining it to me for the first time, like, it's about a chemistry teacher... And his old student, who's a junkie, go and make meth. And that's 100% the plot of pretty much the first two seasons. And, like, all the hijinks that ensue. And they're pretty bad at it. You know? Like, yeah. they always have to like, get out of some I, crisis. I, I would say the first seasons are the funniest. Yeah. like They definitely... There's a much more, like, humor and lightheartedness. And then once you get in the four and five, it's like... It, it's They're really in this now. Like. Absolutely. And, yeah, so, I mean, really, before Walt takes on the whole Heisenberg persona, there's almost a comedic element to it because of how terrible he is yeah. at being a drug dealer. Um, but once they start working for Gus, I, I guess, I, I do remember thinking, like, how is it going to build from here? Because that's almost like they got a secure job, you know? Like, where... They, it, let's, let's kind of... Oh, I guess we'll jump there. Sorry. Wait, 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 let's... We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. first start was just season one. Season one, season one. So... I mean, season one, you can definitely tell the quality is, like, a bit of a step down. But also, it's, like, ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago, new show. I'm sure the, the money wasn't there because they didn't know how it was going to do. Um, but I would say the first season, the episode I knew that, like, this was a great show was, um, I think it's eight or nine. When he throws the, when he's up at Tuco's and he throws the, the fulminated, fulminated mercury. Yeah. Oh that was, like, God. the moment where, like, I, it's called, like, a crazy handful of nothings, the name of the episode. I think it's eight or nine. Okay. It's like right before. It's the episode before the finale yeah. of season one. But that was like the. I feel like that was like the moment. And then like when he gets in his car afterwards, and like mm -hmm. the the rush he gets, because it's almost like Walt's a junkie in a way, and he's like addicted to the power. Yeah. Because like well, like what you because I said that because like what you were saying like they had a secure job with Gus, which they easily could have kept, but like he hated yeah, being he an employee. Wanted, yeah, he wanted more. Now is that okay? So is. The finale of season one is that when he kills the guy in, in the basement. No, that, that's that's before that's before the crazy handful. No, the way season one ends is when Tuco like beats that guy like to, oh to, yeah, yeah just yeah. about the death. Or I think he right. maybe does kill yeah him. okay because for me that that my my moment for like this is really good is when is that scene where he puts the the broken plate back together. Yeah, he finds the shard. And he finds the shard missing because and not only that but I mean the, so the thing throughout this entire show that was amazing for me is I'm a huge fan of TV shows or movies where there's a lot of where it's very dialogue driven and when you can learn a lot about the characters like even if it's just like 10 minute sequences of them talking to each other but it really helps me become invested in the story. So I liked when Walt was talking to that guy 
that he ends up killing, and like they start yeah. like reminiscing about their childhood and almost becoming friends. And the whole time, like the whole time they were talking, he had the shard. Yeah, the whole like, time, like so. Yeah, one of them knew that the that other was crazy, going to die. Crazy eats the guy. Crazy, yeah. So I mean, that was that was incredible for me. Like that, you you. It goes on for so long, the relationship between the two of them, that you almost start to think that Walt's going to let him go. And I think he has every intention of doing it. And then he notices yeah, that Yeah, like sh- you really think he's about to. I mean, watching season one, rewatching it after watching the whole series makes it a lot better, I think. Yeah. Like, there's so, like seeing how different everything starts out. Mm-hmm. Like, the char- almost every character is, like, totally different at the beginning. Right. At least in a pretty big extent. And also, like, just that pilot episode when Walt's, like... He kind of sucks. I am awake. Yeah. Like, that really is kind of just, like, I feel like one of the main themes of this whole show is, like, he's just, do- he's breaking bad. <laughs> yeah. He's just doing what he does best. That, I thought that was, I think that, that is how it kind of reconnects at the finale when he was, like, I did it, when he's talking to Skyline, and he's, like, I did it for me. Yeah. Like, like, it's a, like it's, you knew that all along, even though he always said it's for my family, but, I mean, all along, you kind of... Well, he he says in, and I have to jump ahead here, but there's the one episode where he has this whole fugue state that he fakes. When where he, he's like doing all the construction around the house and stuff. No, no, no. When he, it's when he, it's when Tuco kidnapped him, and when he came back, he claimed that he couldn't remember any of it. Oh, when he, oh, okay, yeah. Even though he could, and he's talking to that psychiatrist in the hospital, and he basically just says like, "Yeah, I remember all of it," and and he he's like. He lists like all the things. He lists all the reasons. Life. Yeah, he, and he's like, I have like an unplanned child, and I make forty thousand dollars a year, and I have cancer. Like, why? Like, why do you think I would run away? Yeah. <laughs> like, his life is terrible, and and he knows it is, and like he's basically just like using whatever time he has left to gain as much power as he can. Yeah, yeah that definitely is a um, running theme. Also, whatever, um, the whole like gray matter, like the Swartzels. I almost wanted more of that. If I'm be- I like, felt like that at, at the end it paid off, but it was kind of always like he was so bitter about that always. But and that's the reason. And it was why, totally personal why he left. Yeah. Like <laughs> he could have kind of stayed in if he wanted. Um. Well, what's interesting to me is that you never really know what he contributed. Because they he, do keep a lot of it in the dark. Because obviously, from his perspective, he built the company. But from the Schwartz's perspective, he really didn't do anything. Yeah. And, and he, also, it seemed like he had some sort of romance. Yeah, and you, you really don't ever know what happened there. You just know that he felt wronged. Yeah, because even one t- when he when he gives that one speech in season five, he's like, I'm in the Empire business. Mm-hmm. He kind of says in that, like, I left for personal reasons to Jesse. But that's, like, kind of all. You yeah. never really know definitely, like, what happens there. Which what, I, yeah, it's, There's it, a lot of things they always leave in the dark, and it, it just always... Because it's interesting to think, like, what if he really didn't do much for that company? Like what if it yeah, was always? What if it was always? Which easily fault? could like, that would definitely be in Walt's character, I think, to like yeah, just be so bitter about something like that just because it didn't work out for him, or so prideful that he would think that it was all him. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, we're really getting into it. Yeah. Here. All right, so it's season two. Let's see. What well, I guess Jane's story. That season two ends with the plane crash. That yeah, the end of season two is pretty mind blowing. Um. I, um, let's see. Uh, one of the main parts about season two I liked was when Jesse and Walt were stuck in the desert for a while. Oh, yeah. I thought that, that was an, another one of those, like, funny Walt and Jesse moments. Is Especially that is the, that one that there's that fire and <laughs> Jesse pours all their drinking yeah, water on it? The, I, I think those, like, and I once 
So, because they do, like, the after Breaking Bad interviews, whenever the show was on. I think it was in season two after one of the RV episodes. But it, Vince Gilligan's talking, and he's kind of like, I always wanted to, like, with the show, it kind of jumps to once things happen and after they happen. Mm-hmm. But he likes to focus on, like, the lulls in between when, like, big events happen. Yeah. Which, I mean, make, like, throughout the show, like, I think that's what makes it so, when Breaking Bad so great, because, like, Get so much development with all these characters, now. and that, yeah, that's what I mean by things that are dialogue driven and things where you are intrigued, even if it's not an action scene, even yeah. if it's just because I, I mean, and if you think about it, like, so he's fifty when the show starts, and then like, the first, like, f- the whole first four seasons, it's like a year, mm-hmm. and then the only real time jump is in season five. It's like that crystal blue persuasion montage, and that's like yeah. a couple months. But I mean, besides that, it's all like. Right after everything, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Back to season two. Season um, two. I I thought that I think that the obviously probably one of the most famous Breaking Bad scenes is where he watches uh, Jane die, and yeah, that's that that was that's uh, fucked up. That's uh, I mean, there's there's kind of many moments we can say like that's the moment he like broke bad. Yeah, I think that could definitely be one of them. That that's definitely a point of like no return. That that's where. Um, because every death up until that point had been, you would kind of it was almost self defense. Yeah, that was he did that a hundred percent just for, just for his own gain. Um, yeah, and just because he saw Jesse as an asset that he didn't want to lose, um, and that I think that the 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 power of that scene is that nothing is said. You just it's just all. Um, all his facial expression and yeah. his emotional season reaction. Gets, I, I would say season two gets to like some of the darkest points. Yeah, and know. I mean, and all I mean, like the whole heroin yeah. side story, and like I mean, really, all of this is attributed to the fact that Brian Cranston is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> the, he's a very and the acting is superb. All, all the way yeah, all, I mean, Aaron Paul's great. Abs- yeah, and his, I mean, for me, the the thing that's so great about him is that he he has two different voices and two different characters for Walt versus Heisenberg. Yeah. Very much so. And you can tell when he's one versus the other. Um, and watching him progress to being nothing but Heisenberg by the end. Um, and then kind of really in the very end, like, just Walt again. Like, the very last episode. I feel like he's still Heisenberg by the last episode. I don't... I, I, I feel like... Because he, he comes back... I feel like it's kind of some... I mean, he's still, like... He's done what he's done. Yeah. But, like, he comes back, he, he has the hair back, he's kind of wearing, like, the all tan like he did before, mm. and he's kind of, like, he's never trying to be intimidating, he's just, like, using his brain like he used to. I don't know, I feel like it's kind of, I mean, we're jumping ahead again, but I feel like almost at the very end, especially, like, when he's walking through that chemistry lab, it's kind of just back to the beginning. I feel like at the end, he's kind of just Walter White again. Yeah. That, and that, that... In a way, like, maybe he, like, kind of killed Heisenberg when he was in, a. Is it Vermont where they go? New Hampshire. Where, New Hampshire where he hides out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I have I have thoughts on the finale and really just the last season in general that I'll yeah. save for when we get but to that point. I guess wrapping up season two, Saul gets in, introduced in season Saul, two, right? Saul is far and away my favorite side yeah, character. Saul and Mike both get introduced. I mean, Mike um, does more later on, of course, but like as new characters go... Like Gus and Saul are both, and Mike, they're all great. I, I like mean, every the, character is like. I I read that Saul was only supposed to be there for a few episodes. Um, Glad he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he provides. I mean, he obviously drives the story in his own right, but he provides a certain comic relief sometimes. 
that's yeah. much needed just in his personality. Especially in the later seasons, because he's kind of always that comic relief, even when it gets, like, really... Um, yeah, but his whole... Like, his character of kind of, like, the scummy lawyer who's actually actually really smart. Like, he's, he's a good lawyer, um, but just, you know, kind of like a criminal mastermind as well. Like, he, he's a good asset to to Walt and Jesse. Yeah. And, and you just, you, I think you only watched one episode for it, but Better Call Saul, is, that's a good show. Yeah, I, I am going to get into Better Call Saul. Um, it's definitely, at first I was like, out of all characters, I was like, what? But it's mm. definitely very cool to see like him becoming Jim McGill to Saul. But anyway, all right. Season three. Gus. and Kind of starts out with the box cutter thing. Yeah. Now, the, the season three of the Fly episode... Yes, I I'm pretty sure, but yeah, I I wanted to mention that because um, I know that uh, I I was talking to it was RJ actually who was also a part of this podcast, um, and I was talking to him when I was watching the show, and he one of the first things he said is, "Oh, didn't you hate the fly episode?" Um, and like, no, I love that, and now I feel like I'm spoiled because all five seasons are just totally available for me right now, so I can hop from one episode to the next, and I. I was able to watch the Fly episode and not think to myself, like, oh, that's it for another week. Um, but I, I love that part where Walt kind of, like, at that point, he knows he's in too deep. Like, there's no way he's ever going to be Yeah, and I, I think, again. like, I mean, it's not a, it's not one of the best episodes, but I, I think it's it's just another one of those, like, kind of like in season two with Walt and Jesse out in the desert. Like, it's yeah. just some great Walt and Jesse. I mean, the way it, they bounce off each other's... It's like, their dynamic, and it, it's very... To me, it's very psychological. Like, you're just looking... And it's at, funny, too. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that, because, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a little bit of a break from the intensity. Um, But he, he, I feel like Jesse kind of almost takes the front seat in season three, because he, he's really struggling after he kills... Um, after Jane. Her... You mean after Walt okay, Shane? Okay, wait, or? hang on. I messed up. Never mind. Sorry. Save that. <laughs> All right. I mean, he... Wait, hang Season... Yeah, season two ends with a plane crash. Season three end. Season three ends with what I was going to lead into, which is okay. season four, I guess. Right. Okay. Stay in season three. <laughs> well, regardless... Well, what, I meant to, what I meant to say about season three is... Um, this is when Mike really starts becoming a cool character. Right. Um, cause I think his half measures, that's one of, I, I would say top 10 scenes of the series. Yeah. I mean, if we were going to break down top five or top 10 scenes, that would half measures speech would go up there. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm the one who knocks yeah, would go up there. Jane dying would go up there. Um, for me, it, it's kind of a throwaway, but, um, the scene, and I, I want to say this is season three, but, uh, Jesse and that little ginger kid. When he's yeah, in the crack he, house. He, yeah, and he, the ATM falls on the... Yeah, because um, at that point, like, this is where... Season 3 into Season 4, I think this is what you're getting at, is when Jesse starts to grow up a bit. Yeah, and what I what I meant to say was in Season 4 after he kills Gil. Oh. Uh, and he's like... I, I feel like there's a span where Jesse really kind of takes the front seat. Yeah. And, like, Aaron Paul has some... Especially at those, like, meetings. Yeah. He gives that, that speech about the dog. Yeah. Like, killing it. And, I mean, that's... That's yeah, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. A- Aaron Paul should not be underrated here by any yeah, means. Yeah, he's very um, um he's I mean everyone's great in this. Yeah. And and with Jesse, um up until the end, 
really, no matter what he does, I always felt like like he never deserved the shit he got. Yeah, Jesse always kind of... He still always had his morals. Like, he really did get bullied by Walt a lot, and he, he got the shit end of Manipulated, the deal. Manipulated, like... Oh, yeah, and, you know, he loses the person he loves twice. Um, yeah. And he really gets nothing out of it up until the end, um, but he always kind of holds his own. So, yeah, I mean, Je- Jesse was great, even when he... He's, he doesn't just have to be with Walt for it to be a good scene. Yeah, yeah. He's, he definitely holds his own story. Um, um, but, I I mean, I did love in season three, I thought that the Gus character and the Gus storyline was really good. Yeah, and it's very interesting. You get some of Gus's backstory in season four. It was nice that Walt had an adversary that... Very similar to Walt. Yeah, like they... And they kind of keep you in the dark... A co- like, for a good bit of things about, like, what Gus is actually willing or not willing to do. Yeah, he... Because, like, it doesn't seem... Like, honestly, you never think that... Well, he... And I guess we'll jump to season four a little bit. Okay. Just for this moment. But, like, how Walt's manipulating Jesse when Walt's the one who poisoned Brock. But he's saying that it was Gus. Right. And, I mean, like... You... I mean, you never would... You kind of think, like, maybe Gus would be doing that while you're watching it. And then once you find out Walt did it, like... It it also seems plausible. I mean, Gus was kind of a ruthless... But I wouldn't say he was as, like, willing to for power as Walt was. I think... Because I feel like Mike really respected Gus. Mm-hmm. And, like, if they would have just done what they were supposed to do, they could have kept working for Gus for a long time and Pretty probably end up making more money than yeah. <laughs> they did. Well, you kind of know... That I mean, Gus. I mean, he Gus does. is running a business, and he knows that Walt's gonna die. Yeah, and he'll slit throats and kill. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like box cutter is the turning point for Gus. I think that's yeah. when it's pretty. Yeah, let, th- let's just let's just jump to season four. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> but once we get into season four, um, there's there's absolutely no question as to what Gus is capable of doing, and it's interesting that they the 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 episode span where both Gus and Walt want to kill each other, but Walt is still working for Gus. Yeah, they're both like, holding something over the other. Yeah. Um, I think one of the really good parts is season four. I like the Jesse and Mike dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think those two are I mean, I think great. that's just as good as Jesse and... It's it's kind of a similar relationship between both. It's like the older guy and the younger. The like, Padawan. Um, whenever Gus takes Jesse and Mike to Mexico, that whole plan he has of like, and then yeah. he takes out the whole. I think that's that's a really good episode. Absolutely, yeah. When um, he poisons them all, and then you see Gus like, I mean, you see Mike, he like strangles, um, like basically the Mexican Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, um, that's all just really badass. I think. Um, the, and really, I mean, the question that keeps coming up is, you know, who are you rooting for? Yeah. At a certain point, because at that point, you know, Walt is so bad. And Gus is bad, but you can kind of understand both of their motivations. I mean, even Gus was like, whenever he takes him on the desert and he, you know, he threatens Walt's family. Mm -hmm. But even if Walt wouldn't have said anything, I don't think he would have, unless Jesse have really turned against Walt, I don't think Gus would have ever crossed Jesse and just killed Walt without. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I, Walt definitely could have if he, I mean, of course, if Skylar hadn't given that money to Benneke and they could have left. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think he could have just left. But I mean, yeah. I think Walt didn't. He wanted to finish it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said earlier, that you know, also Gus, something that we skipped. Uh, uh, what we skipped? Um, 
I get this is season because we kind of skimmed over season three. That's true. But um, the one the twins. Oh, and of course. Hank's yeah. whole that's one that's one of those moments where you really I mean you kind of always get the idea that Hank's like a really good agent and he's a badass like he kills Tuco, but yeah I mean, that that that's um. <laughs> I get so like excited. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can't that believe one I can't believe thing, we, we haven't talked about Hank yet. Um, um, that whole like one minute episode and like, I mean the finale of that episode is crazy. I I would wager that I mean is Hank your favorite character pretty much of this whole show? He's up there. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's yeah, hard it's to hard. Pick one, I, I mean I've, I and I really like Mike also. He's I mean Hank is one of those characters who I mean. He goes from you never really hate him. I mean, he's always like a little bit of an ass sometimes. Yeah, but he's he goes from being funny to really kind of being the hero at the and end. And kind of almost to a point, getting like, like almost like everyone kind of at a point gets like too into it. Yeah, like because at a point he's willing to do anything to get Walt. Yeah. Like, I feel like oh, Hank almost gets to a point of like he would literally do anything to capture Walt. Yeah. Um, but I mean. Of course, Hank also always stays like morally like within the law and like. <laughs> yeah, Hank has a has a a compass. And, and even like even Walt kind of has a compass. In know? a weird way, like yeah. like when Hank gets killed. Right. Like that's like there's always kind of everyone kind of has a line they won't cross, but it's always very weird of whose line is what. Right. Even Skylar will do some pretty effed up things. Yeah, Skylar like, there's proposed a point where just she killing Jesse. Like she'll never turn in Walt. Right. And Walt will, like, get in a fist fight with Skylar, but he won't turn her in. Or, like, he'll yeah. clear her name. Like, there's always kind of, with everyone, it's kind of, like, the the theme know. The theme of family is definitely very strong. Yeah. You know, I mean, Walt will stick by Hank, even though, I mean, he's a DEA agent and is his adversary in every way. Um, but, he, you know, he'll never, he'll, he'll always try to protect him. To yeah, the best of his yeah. ability, um, but definitely, I mean, and again, uh, kind of jumping to season four. Yeah, really, let's, season let's wrap up season four because I want to get into season five. <laughs> oh my god, season five. Um, well, so, so quick point on season four is that when I watched it, I thought like that could have been the ending of the show. Yeah, because I mean, when at the end of season four, when they show like the Lily of the Valley, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of also like how I was saying earlier. There's multiple points where he breaks bad, but that's yeah. definitely a point where like. I would say that's also a point of no return is poisoning a kid to yeah, like, manipulate the, Jesse. And not only that, but so, you know, it ends and... And, and go- also he very well could have killed people in the nursing home. He's lucky he didn't. I mean, not like right. people outside of Hector. He got lucky in that part of the plan. But yeah. I mean, th- so you think about the way it ends, Gus is dead and the family is safe and Walter... Walt's kind of got everyone on his side yeah, at that point. Walt talks to Skylar and he says, I won. And you see the lily of the valley. So if that had been the ending of the show, like we probably still would be talking about this as a really fantastic show. Yeah. Because that whole storyline gets wrapped up, but you have absolutely no idea, like what Walt could do yeah. from there. And on I think out. it was a good idea that they kind of they got Mike. Mike was still in Mexico that whole time. Yeah. Which I mean, I think Walt definitely knew this is the time I gotta do this. Like Mike's not there. Like. Um, this is the... Also, another part of season four that's good is, um, Gus's backstory you get. Right. I think that's... Like, that's... Like, the whole flashback in his relationship with, like, Hector. It makes him more of a sympathetic character. I mean, much like Walt, just to an extent, you understand why he's doing it. Yeah, they both worked hard and, like... In in a way, they're very passionate and kind of love their work, but... (laughs) Yeah. 
you know, it's like a fucked up type of work. <laughs> right. Um, now, by the time we get into season five, I mean, it being... this, I would say there's a big tone change in the season five. Because see, season five is almost like if... Season five is like, so if like Breaking Bad, the show, had only existed in seasons one through four, and then they were like, we're going to make a movie to wrap it all up. Yeah. Like, it, it stands alone, especially when it becomes Hank versus Walt. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely like the first four seasons are about Walt breaking bad and becoming this ruthless leader. And he just, it, I love how this last season he is. Like, yeah. he's there. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's he's the one who knocks. Yeah, <laughs> like he, especially, um, let's, because season five's the longest season, but split in half. It's, it's basically six seasons. Kinda. But, yeah. so the first half of season five, we got the whole, we get introduced to, like, Todd and Todd's uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mike starts doing cool stuff again. Mike's back in the picture. Yeah. Um, and it's neat how, like, now it's on a global scale. Like, the map right. is... <laughs> oh, and, yeah, Lydia. Yeah, is Lydia. A, is a part of it. And, like, like I said earlier, like, the Crystal Blue Persuasion, that whole montage. Like, yeah. that's the first time there's, like, a big time jump in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there's... Jesse has some quips in this season but this is definitely much more serious and like yeah and and i i think at one point i want to say it's walt talking but he kind of reminisces about how it all started with them in like the winnebago in the desert and he realized how much it has grown in in, like when you get to season five like i mean he he's running an international meth empire yeah like you like obviously he he did it (laughs) like that's what he wanted the entire time but even then, it's somehow not enough. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, iconic lines in this season. Just because, like, mm-hmm. this is, like, the what everything's been leading up to in a way. Um, the whole, the train heist. That's so good. That's cool. Yeah. The whole, like, the whole magnet thing. <laughs> Todd Todd's character in general, like, Todd being as, as fucked up as he is. Um, like, he kills that kid. Yeah. After the train heist. Um, and then Jesse like, punches him, like, after, he's, like, trying to, like... Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like testing the, like later when they're smoking that sick together. He's kind of like testing like if Jesse's like cool with him still, mm-hmm. and then Jesse's just like just yeah, isn't having not it. at all. Yeah, and and I mean not very few shows. I mean like you said, this is a really long season, but very few shows I think could add so many new characters in the final season and really add so many new plot components in the final season. And it still works. Yeah, none of it feels rushed. None of it feels overdone. Um. And even though we're introducing a lot of new things, we definitely feel as if we're... Like, we're coming... This is the beginning of the downfall of Walt's family. Yeah. So, just whenever season five splits, hmm. the end of the... Does the end of the first part end with Mike dying, or does that end with Hank reading the book? Um, I don't... I think it might be... I don't know exactly. I think, it, I think where it split off when it was, like, on TV... I think the first half ended with Hank on the toilet. Yeah, when and he's he reading the, the book. Yeah, and then I think the second half. And the episode before that is when Walt kills Mike. Walt, yeah, Mike's death was that's, that's, fantastic. Yeah, that was, it's very, like, everything's falling apart like, yeah. from Mike at that point. I mean, what, he just is like, like, shut up and let me die. Yeah, but I mean, I love whenever they're in that, he's giving him the bag with, yeah. like, his, like, escape bag. And Mike just lays into him. He yeah. just like he tells Walt what he is, and he's he's right about everything. 
But Walt can't just yeah, can't and, and just Walt's, take it. Walt's purely like just anger yeah. kills him, and it I, seems in your anger you kill. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's pretty heartbreaking. Mike's ending. Yeah, and like, Mike. You know, you said earlier there's a lot, there's a lot you're in the dark about throughout the show. Yeah, I mean, you, you find out more and better. Call Saul, but we'll just stick to yeah. Breaking it, Bad. In the context of Breaking Bad, you really never know what Mike has seen, what he's done. Yeah, what he's you just get that of. half measures thing, and then like you get like quips of him being like a total badass, but right. like he's also always loyal. Yeah, like to Gus, he'll he'll always he definitely respects Gus, and like mm-hmm. he's and I think another part that I really love about Mike is that he's so professional about everything. Yeah. Like, so, to him, it's always a job. Yeah, like, like so no, no matter what he does, y- you feel like he's doing it in the most classy way it's possible. It's never, it never really, I mean, maybe a few points it kind of does, but it's never, like, personal. Mm-hmm. Like, how Walt, it's almost all personal. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he, he's doing what he is supposed to like do. Even Hank, it gets personal. But, like, Mike's purely just, like, the professional. He, he's got, like, a code of conduct, and he, he, he knows, he and knows how to do a, what he's he He's also does. got a family that he's trying to, like, yeah, get this to. What is like, it? His, his niece or his granddaughter? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, but, I mean, he's not, like, I don't know, he's just, and he's always, like, kind of, in a way, one step ahead. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect him to be, but... But anyway, all right. Well, shall, shall we? Perhaps uh, when Hank find then Hank finds out. Hank finds out, and this out. is when Hank really like comes like awesome. Yeah. And I think this second half of season five, it's great just seeing like the ma- the mind battle between Hank and Walt. I mean, first it starts. Hank finds out that whole garage scene, mm-hmm. where like even though Hank is like just punch Walt, and he could easily like destroy and beat the shit out of him. He does. Walt still gets like. That intimidation factor. Yeah, he's like, I would tread lightly. Yeah, and like, and then it's also like, it's revealed that like the cancer, I mean, you kind of always thought, knew like the cancer was going to come back into play. Mm -hmm. But that's, he like, says like, it's back and it's bad. Yeah. And Hank's like, good. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, I hope he dies. Yeah, but I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's a great scene there. Um, Like, I mean, it's really kind of heartbreaking for Hank. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because like, after. And he, but Walt's just kind of like. I, I don't even... I think Walt, like, even though Hank found out and he doesn't want Hank to find out, like, to a point he doesn't take it as seriously. I mean, that... I mean, he's Hank... Kind of, Hank I mean, Walt kind of becomes, like, cocky in this season. The, the Hank-Walt dynamic is, like, probably... It's almost like Shakespearean dramatic irony. Yeah. Like, you know so like much... Like, the brothers. Like, they, they really are... Like, they do, like, love each other. Yeah, like, they, you know so much more as the viewer, and at some points it's, like, almost... You're, like, yelling at the TV. You're, like, how do you not see it? But, like, you can imagine from Hank's perspective, like, you would never, ever and like, I mean, he hates this guy. And, I mean, he hates himself that he didn't find it. And he's even... I forget who he's talking to. I think he's talking to Marie. And he's, like, I can't tell them, like, yeah. about how I'll look. Like, this was my brother-in-law the whole time. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, he's definitely embarrassed. And, like, I think that's why it becomes so personal for him is that, like, he's just embarrassed that he was outsmarted and, like, lied to all this time. Yeah. But, um... And I do want to talk about um, the scene where Hank dies. Um, yeah. So that, I guess building up to that, it's just that really like mm-hmm. chess game between Hank and Walt. Yeah. Um, and then the way Hank finally gets him. Is it does luring him with the money? Yeah, he buries it in the back. Um, and all and like the Jesse and Hank dynamic also, and Gomez, like them all being like. Kind yeah. of an odd team. And it, fe- it feels as if it, it's getting wrapped up. But, I mean, what was so fantastic about that scene, I think, is, I mean, the Hank 
Hank never steps down at all. No. And, and, and Walt doesn't, because, I mean, Walt makes that video. Like, he's one the... Yeah, like no. what I was saying earlier, everyone's morals are very like blurred. Yeah, of what they are. Skewed, but I mean, like, even just with that scene, you know, when the hit team comes, and Walt is yeah, trying Jack. as hard as he can to call it off, um, and he's like bargaining with them and begging them, and he's almost—he's not even Heisenberg at that point. He's just Walt. He's like he's on his knees, like saying, "Please don't kill Hank." And yeah. Hank's just like, "You're like so stupid. Like they—they've already made yeah. up their mind." Um, and Hank goes out like a total badass to the yeah, very that, end. That, yeah, that was every character that died, um, you know, from Mike to Hank. Like they, they really they stay true to their characters till the end. Yeah, um, which was which made it even more powerful. Um, one more thing that um, the second half of season five is like really at this point Jesse's broken. Yeah, I would say like when he when he finds out Walt had the cigarette and like Walt's just been manipulating him like. This whole time, like yeah. Jesse's really, this is like he's just broken. Yeah, is that especially it, whenever you um like we'll get to like that later whenever mm-hmm. he's with Jack and all that. But like that's like when he does like the he, he can't keep getting away with it thing. Yeah, there's that or like even when they're in the desert, when Saul, Walt and Jesse meet in the desert before when Walt pretty much tells Jesse like you gotta leave. Oh yeah, yeah. like that that's great. That seems really good. <laughs> um. But, yeah, okay. So, Hank gets killed. Now, Jack, by Jack's crew. Um, so, that leads into, like, the Ozymandias episode, which a lot of people, and I agree with, like, this is probably the best, if not one of the, if not the best episode. Because mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, like, really the demise of the white family, like, that a lot of this has been building up to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which was directed by Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, like, the demise of, like, Walt Skyler and Walt Jr., like, a lot of stuff has been leading up to this, and, like, it's it's pretty heartbreaking. <laughs> it is. Um, and, and, yeah, go ahead. So, you mentioned Walt Jr., and, I mean, I don't know. We haven't talked much about him yet, but. Well, because the, there is something I wanted to mention. I don't know when else I'm going to get to, but, like, I literally, my my one qualm with this otherwise pretty perfect show is I kind of wish he'd been more of a character than they let him be. Um, it's funny because, like, when you go online um, and, you know, there's, like, a lot of memes of, like, Walter Jr. because, like, all there walking. is... Walking. It's, like... It's, he's either walking... It's, he, like, Breaking Bad and The Walking and they mash it together to, like, Walking Bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's that, yeah, and there's that, and there's also, like, really... Like, all the breakfast stuff. Yeah, every time you see him in the show, he's either eating breakfast or, like, walking down the hallway. And yeah. <laughs> and he could have been more because what was, to me, what was really heartbreaking as early as season one is how much he loves his dad. And, and just constantly gets manipulated by yeah. Walt and Skyler. Yeah, like, but he, he, he could have been more than what he was. Like, he almost, because, like, I mean, and Walt, and vice versa, like, Walt loved him so much. Like, Walter Jr. almost had the power to, like, bring Walt back. You know, like, there's that one scene where uh, Walter Jr. spends the night at his apartment. Um, After, like, Jesse beats the shit out of him. Yeah, and, like, that that's, like, their last, like, father-son moment. Um, and Walt talks about, like, his dad. Yeah. Um, so, and, like, that was really good. But if that had been more consistent throughout the show, like, Walter Jr. had been, like, a little bit more... If he had had more agency as a character, I guess, and he wasn't just being thrown around a lot. Yeah. 
then that would have been really, really powerful to I, me. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely... I think it's hard to... How much, like, how much of Walt Jr. do you want, though? Like, in a way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it's a balance. But it felt like, at a certain point, it was almost cringy because, like, it felt like you were just watching, like, poor Walter Jr. just getting thrown around. He was always like, what's going on? Because, <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, like, no one would tell him anything. Yeah. Um, and it it made him like so many lies at that point. Yeah, it it, like made him a more submissive character when I think he had the power to like play a bigger role. In my opinion, that that's my only like complaint. Is like I I I was kind of sad that like even in the end, Walter Jr. like still never really knows the extent of what happened. He just knows that his life totally crumbles. Maybe for the best, he doesn't know everything. Yeah, but um, but anyway. All right, so as you. Mandias, uh, the next one's Granite State, mm-hmm. like the last trio of episodes. Um, so Walt goes to goes on hiatus. <laughs> Granite State to the finale. It's almost just like an epilogue. Yeah. You know Again, I mean? how they play like the theme music when he escapes. And, yeah. Like, the whole great matter, like that whole part, like coming back into play. Yeah. Um, that could have been the finale almost. That, that was really yeah, and Walt, I mean, uh, when Walt's with Saul, when they're both in that vacuum basement, Saul, mm-hmm. well, I guess one thing I want to say before um, we get into this episode is at the end of Ozymandias, uh, how Walt clears Skylar's name. Right. Even though, like, they had that terrible fight and, like, we're, like, trying to kill each other pretty much, <laughs> he's still like, you didn't know anything. And she's like, I didn't know anything. Like, yeah. so he knows they're recording. And even Saul, the next episode, when they're in that basement, he's like, that was a good move. But, like, mm-hmm. Saul's basically like, it's over. <laughs> like, we, this is all over. But, like, it's too personal for Walt. Yeah. At this point. And, um... <laughs> there's that, mean, there's that guy in the red minivan who can like, give you a new life yeah, that they never show, but he keeps coming back. Um, like, that, that that option's always there. But, I mean, it's sad in that basement when Saul's, like... Like, uh, whatever he... Whatever Saul had going for him is over now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, at least Walt still had, like, his family he was working towards. It's just kind of sad for Gus. I mean, I keep saying Gus. For Saul that, like... Like, this is just over and, like... His life's just gonna be shit now. Yeah. <laughs> like some fake life. But, um. <laughs> yeah, he even says, like, if I'm lucky, I'll be working at a Cinnabon in Omaha. Yeah. Which and is that, funny that's how, Breaking Bad. Which, you know, uh, that, oh my god, that's Better Call Saul. Yeah, it's funny how, yeah. like, when they show him, that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> um. But yeah, Grant State's kind of like a pretty reflect. Like, I, I think it's good because after Ozymandias, after so much happened those past two episodes, it's kind of a good, like, breather and, like, set everything mm-hmm. up. And, uh, and the finale's great, I think. Felina. Yeah. Um, like, what I said earlier, Walt coming back, he's like, I did it for me. Kind of everything gets tied up pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then when he goes back to um, Todd's uncles, like, yeah. like Jesse's broken. Like, even it's when like, Jesse like, can't even, like, look up at Walt. Like, he's just looking at the ground and, like... But I, I do like it when Jesse kills Todd. <laughs> I, like I do that, find satisfaction in that. I like that at the end, you um, you will, you would like to think that Jesse can... He still has a shot. He can still make a life yeah, for himself. If it's not over for Jesse. I would think Jesse's probably going right towards, like, Brock. Maybe. Or, Maybe, like, uh, to pick up Brock and then get out of there. Just go to Alaska. Something. I don't know. I mean, also, like... 
He just he, he just might, he might just get caught. <laughs> he just starts cooking meth in a van again. That's <laughs> the sad thing is like, cause Jesse a lot of times had like strong moments like we mm-hmm. got over, but he always came back to it. You hope that you hope he's good. And and then as for Walt's death, you know it's just like they play that, I, that song's great at the end. The, like, from Bad Finger. Yeah, um, it's almost like it's almost like, campy. It like, perfectly describes everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got that. That, that jam going on and I like that he's he's walking through the meth lab and as the viewer y- you feel oddly like you feel kind of wistful about it like you know you're like reminiscing with him as if it was like a bunch of good times in the meth lab even though like so many yeah. horrendous things I, I, happened. I think the good things you think about are like what we were saying the earlier season where it's kind of almost more humorous it's just like him and Jesse kind of in like their hijinks yeah but then like what it became was <laughs> so much worse yeah but I mean yeah, it's. I mean, it's really a great show, my favorite show. And like, another thing, this is just about like the show in general. Is like, I love the, what whatever scene they would have before like the theme song. The, the that always like perfectly played in and either like built something up or like it tied into it again at the end. Right. Yeah. You always got a little little teaser. Um, um, I mean, all all things considered. I'm so glad I watched it. Yeah, um, it's a really good show. And I mean, I think it's aged... The only thing that hasn't aged well, maybe, is like... They always have flip phones, but then again, they're always yeah. throwaway phones that they break. Yeah. Uh, so that, Just that, like, weirdly, some things like don't seem like modern, but some things are. Mm-hmm. But... I, mean, that's, I think that's that... Um, so, I mean, like I said, I, I had the luxury now of... Um, well, I, I had two... I was, I was really, like, lucky in two ways. One is that, just because of Netflix, I was able to watch all the seasons back to back to back with no breaks. The other thing is, I mean, just somehow I escaped all spoilers. I really, after all this time, even though yeah. it's your favorite show and I know so many people have seen it, I, I, I really had no idea where it was going. And that's, that's rare. I think these days, when yeah. you, especially you, a show this, that was this pop, a show that popular. Like, I mean, like that would be like, like you were watching Harry Potter. Like imagine if you had absolutely no idea that like Snape kills Dumbledore, you know what I mean? Like that's like almost like a meme at this point. It's I kind of like, didn't though. Honestly. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know. That that's like that's almost like a meme now. Like you look online, it's like spoiler: Snape kills Dumbledore, even though it's you know almost ten years later. Um, but with this, I mean, I I had absolutely no idea what was going to happen, and it was really great um, to be able to get sucked into it and just just I've completely binge watch it, you know, yeah. in in the classic just, Netflix like, sense. Whenever the show was on, like, these, the last, like, the trio of episodes, I think, are really stand out. Like, Ozymandias, Granite State, and Felina. Yeah. But, like, the hype between each one, because I think there was, like, a two-week gap between each one. Mm-hmm. Or at least between one of the two, there was a two-week gap. But, I mean, just, like, the theories that were coming out and, like, all the speculation and so yeah. much hype. I mean, that that was pretty great. But, I mean, it's also, there's something to be said about watching all at once. And, yeah, and, and, like, part of me kind of wishes I'd been able to experience that, um... Even though I'm sure you know it was nerve wracking at the time, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, I was it, thinking about it every day. <laughs> it's, it's 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 interesting that we both like we, we we were on opposite ends of the of the spectrum as far as you know consuming it goes. But yeah. but now we've both seen it and we can we can enjoy we rewatching it together. <laughs> yeah, that took up a solid forty minutes. Um, All right. Well, so the last last our, thing kind of fits into like the category yeah and uh, you know I'll make this I'll we'll, make, exp- we'll explain what we mean I'll make <sighs> this I'll make this more brief because there's not as much to say about this one and it's 
We'll, we'll light, I mean, we we'll, covered a whole TV show these hours. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll lighten the tone a little bit as we wrap things up here. But like I said, the theme of this episode is classics we procrastinated. Harry Potter, Breaking Bad, obviously two classics in their own right that uh, Lou had never seen or I had never seen. Um, but to end, we would like to talk about uh, The Room slash The Disaster Artist because I would make the argument that The Room is very much a cult classic. Um, and it's, you know, it's just one of those so bad it's good type movies that has been around since 2003, really only in the last maybe five years or so has it become the kind of cult classic that's, that it is because of the internet. But I had never seen it. And when The Disaster Artist came out, um, I felt kind of obligated to watch one before the other. So I did watch The Room, finally, and then I watched The Disaster Artist uh, with Lou. But yeah, I you, saw Disaster Artist. I didn't see the room before. I basically watched a ton of the room clips afterwards. So yeah, I feel like basically at this point I've seen the room. But yeah, but 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 much <laughs> much like with the other two we talked about, um, going into the Disaster Artist, I had seen the room and Lou had not. So two totally different perspectives. Yeah. So so you get to hear now, you know, like what was it like for someone who had seen the room versus someone who was just kind of going in cold. Um, watching the room was hysterical, um, and it's it's on YouTube. You don't need to stream yeah, it anywhere. You can just find it for free. Um, and, I mean, it's it's every bit as bad as people make. Imagine. As Yeah, <laughs> as people make. Like, if you watch a Best of the Room compilation on YouTube, kind of like Lou said, you basically watch the movie. Although I do recommend watching the whole movie so you can get a sense of the narrative as well. Um, whatever narrative there is. Um, and, yeah, but yeah, like, once you watch The Room... It it makes it made me even more excited for the disaster artist because I had seen James Franco's impression of Tommy Wiseau, um, and you know I, I honestly wanted to know like what the hell the background story was for a movie that terrible, and and then we which watched, is a very interesting backstory. It is That's and <laughs> yeah and so what what I loved about the disaster artist was that they didn't just they didn't just make fun of him uh, of Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, it was kind of a weird way like an inspirational. Yeah, because um, that, that would have been too easy. You know, it would have been a cheap shot for this to say, like, oh, this movie is so bad. Let's just roast it. Because um, in a way, it's almost not even about... Not, I mean, it's about the room, but it's, it's the making of it. Like, Yeah, it's about Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, um, and, like, I mean, probably... I would say over the half of this movie is before, like, they even start making the room. Yeah. Like, the movie The Room within the disaster artists, I mean. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, because and I know I, I watched an interview and it was uh, James Franco and Tommy Wiseau were both on um, Jimmy Kimmel, and like they kind of chose their words carefully. Like Jimmy Kimmel was like, "Your movie's really fun." <laughs> like when talk about the room, like no one at this point is gonna be mean about it because like that that's already happened. Yeah. Like people have already torn it to shreds. Now it's reached like it's just transcended all critical analysis, and now it's just people love it <laughs> because not just because it's so bad, it's good. But because like there's this feel good story that goes along with its conception and the directing, but just watching the disaster artist as a movie, Lou, you seem to really enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I think James Franco did good. I think it easily was like he wasn't James Franco wasn't like over the top in his Tommy Wiseau ness. Yeah, like this movie easily just could have tried to sell itself on just like him being as Wiseau as he can be and like. Mm-hmm. Kind of going over the top with it. What I didn't think they did. I think this was like pretty much biographical. I mean, yeah, like, he obviously did the voice, but he didn't. It wasn't just a shtick. I mean, there was maybe like a couple parts where he was like kind of like trying to be funny as the 
as Tommy Wiseau, but like it was. Re- I mean, that's who Tommy Wiseau is, also. So like, well, and it's all based on a book. Like the the guy who played um. Oh shit! What's his name? Mark. Mark. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy. The guy. Who- Dave Franco in the movie. Yeah, Greg. Oh, maybe it's like Greg Sestero. That sounds familiar. But yeah, he. Uh, look had, it up. You know, do a live research on that guy's name because he deserves a shout out. But yeah, like that that's his book. He plays the the secondary character in the room, and the disaster artist is sort of his tell all about how it was made, and that's what the movie's based off. So it was, yeah, you, you know everything's real. You know that you know it's not just them trying to play it up for laughs. But it's nice that you know, like Seth Rogen has a character that's I mean probably fictional, but he kind of he has a few few funny scenes in there. So it feels like kind of a quintessential James Franco movie, but it's also a feel-good story. Yeah, I was I was thinking um, that Seth Rogen was going to be in it a lot more than he was. Which, I mean, it, it wasn't like I was like pissed that he wasn't in it. No. Yeah. I was just like, it, this movie really focused on uh, Dave and James. Yeah, and it was... The so- brother duo. Hang on, I'm still... This is loading. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. No, I want to find out. We'll right. find out. Yeah, we'll find it. Just we'll, yeah, we'll find out. It's okay. I'll just improvise. Fire. Greg. That's what I said. Greg Sestero. I was right. I didn't say you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to look it up. <laughs> I'm just happy I was right. <laughs> Greg Sestero. What a guy. Um, yeah, but I mean, everyone I thought was good in this. And it was cool. Hmm. I liked at the end when they showed... Um, the actual scenes from the room next to the yeah that, that was yeah because like there's like like you said earlier like they could have just made it all about them reenacting the room which wouldn't have been as funny yeah but I mean I'm glad it wasn't it I'm though. glad it I wasn't been disappointed if yeah I'm glad it wasn't but they still threw that in the end because like that's kind of what some people just want to see is they wanted to see how accurately they could recreate it yeah um so I mean they it was the perfect balance of just objectively telling the story. And, and having fun with it and turning it into a bit of a comedy. Um, yeah, so I, I highly recommend it. So And clearly, yeah, good clearly, whether or not you've seen The Room... You can enjoy it. Absolutely, you can still get something out of it. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, those are the big things we've watched. Those are, we yeah. also watched the one and two... Or I watched one and two, you watched two of Lethal Weapon. Yeah, so, yeah, so now, I mean, th- those are the classics. Now we're just going to get into things that we watch. Yeah, because we've been watching a lot. We've been on a bit of a hiatus. I mean, yeah, we'll just list some things. We'll, we'll just, you know, cover. <laughs> just do what we do. Cover, but... cover where we've been. Yeah, Lethal Weapon was, that was a fun watch. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know what was before this. So, I mean, this might not be totally accurate, but I feel like this kind of, like, defined the buddy cop genre. That, Which I'm a big fan of. Like, I love the other guys. Like, I like yeah. the whole buddy cop idea. I feel like this... It's, even, even if it wasn't the original, like, it's definitely one of the... Maybe the first, like, really well-done ones. And it's it's one of those movies that people will, like, they'll quote and reference all the time. And, like, now I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, little things like the saxophone always playing. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, like, the music is pretty af- iconic. After we watch this, we watch the It's Always Sunny episode where they make... Like the weapon six. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that's great. When um, like these move both of these. I mean, I only watched the first two. They were both better than I was expecting. Yeah, they, they like, were. They, they were they really, really well fun. Done. Um, I mean, the, all the characters were great, especially Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Like mm-hmm. their interactions. I mean, Mel Gibson. 
he has like some type of swagger to him in both of these movies. Where like there, there's, he can do what as he can be as much of a dick as he wants, but you still love him. There's that like twenty minute sex scene with him yeah, in the <laughs> second one where they like they keep flashing. It's like the whole day they've just been having sex. <laughs> what a study! He just literally goes all night. <laughs> it's like the same position every time. But like it's it's kind of I mean it's not funny, but like they give Mel Gibson like this tragic backstory. <laughs> And then, but it's like, I mean, everything they, is so over the top. Yeah, they're, they're very over the top. They're definitely breaking, like, the rules of police work, <laughs> and they know it. Um, but, I mean, also, like, I mean, it's just funny. Yeah. And, like, the action's cool, also. I mean, it's kind of over the top action. That, that's what, yeah, it's... Like, it's, 80s it's, over the top, but... Yeah, it's it's really fun. And, I mean, I, I remember I, I walked in, because I kind of started watching it, like, a little bit after it had started... And I walked in, and they were in that hotel, and they just flew out the window. (laughs) And it was so unnecessary, (laughs) but it was such a fun scene to watch. Yeah. They all land in the pool. And, like, the the, the way the first one ends, like, watch them back-to-back, the second one picks up without missing a single beat. Like, the first action scene, the single one, like, Danny Glover and Mo Gibson, they're, like, clicking on every part. Like, they just have a great chemistry together. Yeah. Uh, Which I hear they might be making another one. Probably, probably, I don't know. It's been so much time. Yeah. I don't know if Mel Gibson still has that charisma. I don't know if he had in, like, three and four. I I didn't watch three I think he's arguably got more. Uh, There's a TV show now. I don't know if they make a movie that TV show just ends. Yeah, I don't don't know anything about that. Yeah. No, I didn't. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, Yeah, yeah. just drop it, maybe. Okay. Cool. Let's just say something else. Alright. Um, I watched The Godfather. I, I have um, not seen that, so you're going to I mean, maybe eventually this could be an episode. That's, that's another mean, classic I've procrastinated. I mean, I definitely understand why, like, this is always up there for, like, greatest movies ever made. Um, I mean, the act, like, Marlon Brando, I mean, it's his acting's incredible in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just Al Pacino's character is Michael. Kind of just, like, his rise to becoming the godfather and, like, his character change and just like so much iconicness to it. Like it's, it's just really, it's great. It's absolutely drenched in iconic. Yeah, I mean, I I was definitely expect. I mean, it's a very long movie, but I mean, it it's extremely well done. And like, it's crazy that it's that old, but it's still just so good. And it's stood as like one of the best movies ever for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I also watched one and two of John Wick. Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the first one is kind of just like a revenge story. And then they kind of... It's it's really cool because, I mean, the action's great in this. It's kind of... I would compare the action to, like, Blade Runner 2049, um, but longer action sequences. Like, they're all... Like, they're all just headshots. Like, he's a total badass in these fight scenes. Yeah. But it's also, like... There's no shaky cam... And like you all, like the action scenes are, while he's like being so awesome and it's very fast paced, like you always know what's happening, and you're never like it's never like so many quick shots where you're like, oh, how'd that guy even die, or like yeah. what just happened? Like you, all, it's always very clear and precise what's happening, and I think a lot of that just goes to Keanu Reeves, like he actually like trained with actual firearms and like worked hard to like do these this role. I mean, it definitely shows in this, but. The first movie is kind of a revenge movie, and you kind of get, like, this idea of, like, the lore of... It's kind of like a gangster, almost comic booky universe. Mm. 
where like it's just all these hitmen that work for it's hard to explain but you get into a lot more of that lore in the second movie which goes a lot more in depth to like all these other underground like assassins I guess but I mean it's really cool and I mean I think they're the second one kind of left on a cliffhanger so I'm excited to see where they go Keanu Reeves definitely still he still got it yeah um, we watched Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> I did not like that movie. Um, and this year, all right, this is. I'm gonna, I, I okay. I I can see why it won awards. I can too. I think I could ease. It's like it's kind of like how the post came out, and I feel like even if if I was like an Oscar like ballad person or whatever, I mean like one of the people who picks what movies will be yeah. up for awards. I feel like like you know you could have put in the post without seeing it. Yeah. But knowing that it was going to be, like, an Oscar winner, I feel like you could have done the same with this Well, movie. okay, I'm going to... Joe, if I may, I'm going to ask for his permission, even though he's not here. I'm going to go on a John's Pissed rant <laughs> in, okay. the, in, the, in the style of Joe. Because the more I think about this movie, the more I dislike it. Because I feel like the hype was... We, we talked about this, actually. The hype was all, like... Well, did oh, you see how much weight he lost? Yeah, oh, it's like, any time you mention <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club, they're like, Matthew McConaughey really lost all oh, that weight. Oh, he lost weight. all that weight. Oh, he lost... Oh, he oh. did? Oh, he oh did. is that the one when he lost the weight? Oh, yeah, I think oh, you yeah. know that's the one he lost yeah, the weight. Yeah, because, of course, but you just, that's, that's the only thing you can, like... Cause it's you like, actually oh, seen I've it. heard that movie's good because he lost so much weight. Yeah, I'm like, like okay, think... great. He lost a lot of weight, and, like, that's the idea. He's playing this real... He's portraying a real character who had AIDS. He looks the part... That was it was very well done, like physically speaking. However, so from what I understand now, having watched the movie and also having researched the real guy he was portraying, they really overdid his characterization, trying to make him this kind of like backwoods homophobic <laughs> asshole. Like, oh, oh, I'm, basically just Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm never gonna get AIDS. That's for cool years. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's actually a line in the movie. And you just hate him. Like, the, he has no redeeming yeah, qualities at the beginning. And so I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, well, they took a creative liberty to kind of make him more unlikable. And then he's going to have this triumph, right? So, no, that <laughs> did not happen, really. Because the whole idea of a buyer's club are, you know, it was the 80s and the FDA was really slow to test and uh, approve like an effective drug for AIDS patients. Which, by the way, the FDA is, is in a—they're in a tough spot there because they don't want to push out drugs immediately and like possibly kill people for that. Right. Okay. So they're testing, it, but then they're like, "Oh, now you're taking too long." So it's like whatever they would do, they would get shit. right. And 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 I and I get it. I, I get the point they were. Sides. I get the point they were trying to make, and they really played it up. You know, all the FDA guys in suits, and they were showing their graphs like we're gonna make a lot of money yeah, off this drug. Like, business, business. Care. These <laughs> patients are expensive. Yeah, we're here for they, the money. These aren't people. They're just part of the business. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just, to get. That's our product. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and like, so you had those scenes and, you know, the evil FDA people and AZT was the drug that they were testing. You have the totally fictional, like, sexy lady doctor who for some reason has a relationship with Matthew McConaughey. And she's like, what you're doing is wrong. And, you know, like, it's just, it, it all starts to feel a little bit too over the top, a little bit too dramatized. And what happens, spoilers, is... Matthew McConaughey starts the Dallas Buyers Club, which is a group of AIDS patients 
Well, it's a group. You buy into the club, and the, you he buy into the club, and he will give you medicine that he smuggled from Mexico. Right, he will give you medicine that he believes works better than what the FDA Which, I mean, to is an extent, giving. It, it, it did help him. It helped. It helped, and it it was like a protein to help with brain function and aloe vera or and, something. I mean, also. These drugs he were giving, they weren't cures. They were just kind of yeah, like... Yeah, it was a symptomatic thing. So it could help people feel better. Okay, fine. But the last thing you see in the movie is a... It's just text that says, The FDA eventually like corrected the dose of their own drug and it saved millions of lives. Yeah. Like, so he was wrong the entire time. Yeah, like what he was pushing didn't actually help people, which is what the FDA well, people I, were telling you the whole the time. Point, was, like it helped them but it wasn't like a cure. Yeah. And I mean maybe the FDA could have like been like, alright, this is making you feel better, you can take it. I mean maybe the FDA was kind of being a hard ass in a way. I, I think mean, they I'm were trying to just. I mean no, I, and I, 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 I I'm agree not with a, you. I'm, not, I'm, I'm like <laughs> I, I'm I'm getting I, I'm I'm getting pissed because I feel as if they missed an opportunity to actually turn this story into a sympathetic one. What what it could have been, and I think what they were going for was, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character goes from this, you know, this person who feels so far removed from the AIDS crisis. He learns more about it and he starts this club because he wants to help people feel better. But what it turned into was him just giving the middle finger to the FDA the entire time and trying to convince people that the FDA was oh, evil. Oh, there's that one part when he tried, like, fighting the doctor. And yeah. And he was like, he killed him. He was... Yeah. He was spit, spitting up blood. They just gave him morphine so, like, he didn't die in, like, agonizing pain. Yeah, like, so that's... So, like, that whole scene there was kind of just, like... That's what I didn't buy. It was, it was a bad narrative to me when, like... And again, I, I I wish I knew exactly how it happened because I feel like there's there's got to be so much more to the story than what I know. But when the last scene of the movie says, in the end, the FDA had the drug that actually helped people. They just needed to get the dosage right. After almost two hours of them hammering home the idea that the FDA is evil, it just it, it kind of just had no meaning for me at the end. But it, it didn't and that's then have the payoff. That's why I was pissed. But you know, he lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, he lost a lot. He lost a lot of weight for the role, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I think why this won awards was because Jared Leto and Matthew, Mc, like, just purely their acting. Because I think they both, yeah, they either won or were nominated. I don't no, know. How. No, the acting was good. I guess just to me, the the story just didn't work. Yeah, which, I mean, it's, I, I know it's a real story, but the way they decided to present it in that very dramatized yeah. fashion was that was poor, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, it was just kind of. Maybe it's just not our type of movie. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but I don't know. I I didn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was quickly. We'll probably maybe we'll end up doing a whole episode once we watch all these. But we watched the first Lord of the Rings. Honestly, like, okay. So I said The Godfather. Like, this is definitely like I understand why it's one of the best movies ever, and it it definitely is, and it's extremely iconic. And I mean, sure. Probably once I see all three of these, like, I'll have better appreciation for the first. And, like, apparently they get better as they go on also. But, like, I don't know. It wasn't amazing, I didn't think. It, well, I mean, yeah, the Switzerland's great. It all looks amazing. Some, uh, like, all, I mean, New yeah. Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. It's all, you know, it's it's beautiful. It all looks great. You know, they it's, filmed in New Zealand. They filmed this all in New, New Zealand. Zealand. New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand. I mean, there's some wonky, <laughs> super wonky CGI. Which, I mean, okay, you can't, it's like 2001, whatever. Yeah, for the so, time, I mean, for the time. You can't, yeah. like, totally show up for that. But, it, I mean, it's really wonky at some yeah. point. It's like that, 
the big gray like doomsday looking monster they fight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that looks bad, and it goes on <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I, I I really I I understand what you said earlier. How oh, if uh, you don't know the book, if you don't know the lore, it just felt like things were yeah, happening. Yeah, like what I said about Harry, Harry Potter not as bad. This more. This was like, it's just kind of like we have to do it's this like they're now. Making it up as they go, almost. Which I mean, it is a book based on a fictional world, so in a way that is what it is. Yeah. But then but like, like whole randomly like, oh, right, now we have to do this because of this. And yeah. everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like that, I think the good example is that one scene where they're, they're scaling the mountain and Gandalf is like, Frodo, you have to decide, are we going to scale the mountain or go under it because we have to choose one or the other right this second? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> what? And also, I mean, I know this is like a joke in Family Guy once, but that big bird that... Um, that the, huge, the Gandalf flies. Yeah, that Gandalf flies... Yeah, that, cool. they, that they didn't take. Why couldn't they just take that to Mordor? Yeah, why? <laughs> they why already had the bird, and like, would have made it so much easier. I don't. I mean, it was. I mean, it was a fun watch, I guess. And yeah, yeah the fun. New Zealand does look great, but <laughs> I mean, you I, know, uh, Ian McKellen lost a lot of weight for the role. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I was expecting too much out of this. But Maybe. but the way people... They're, like, pissed at me when I haven't seen it. Like, you've never seen Lord of the Rings? <laughs> like, no. Now I have. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Like, I see how The Godfather, like, changed people's lives. Like, that was... I mean, it's like an epic movie that's, like, changed and honestly, cinema forever. I honestly feel like, it, uh, to, to some extent, not the same extent... It's similar with Dallas Buyers Club. That's one of those movies that won a lot of awards, and when you said you hadn't seen it, people are like, oh, you've got to see it. It is so amazing. Yeah. But it, it just, when the when the hype is so great, it, 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 it kind of, it's almost setting yourself up for disappointment, I think. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen for you with The Godfather. It didn't happen for me with Breaking Bad. Sometimes the hype is real. Other times, it's either just not your genre, or the, the visuals don't hold up, or it's just you're expecting way too much. And or it's kind, kind of a letdown. Like, like, what, like, at some points I was like, like, I thought, um, Elijah Wood, you, and, and Ian McKe- like, the actors were good in this. Um, but, like, I wasn't really invested in anything. I mean, other than Frodo, maybe. Like, I, I never was like, oh, I hope they don't die. Or when someone did die, it didn't really hit. Yeah. Even when Gandalf died, I was just like, all right. <laughs> And apparently it comes back, obviously, because, like, apparently that's a power wizards had, but it's, like, not explained. Yeah, you, go, like, you go from gray to white. Yeah, what the heck? Like, do you just <laughs> die and you can come? Like, what's the stake of being alive at that point? If you can oh, die and... Can, you gotta get your the other wizard colors. Well, if know. you just die, if you can just die and come back, why not just kill yourself so you become the higher <laughs> level wizard? I don't really know how if it works. that's I don't know if that's the way it works, but it's not explained. Or at least not yet. Maybe I'm jumping ahead too much I haven't seen the other ones yeah, maybe we should watch the other one I don't it just seems kind of like what are the stakes here why is this happening and like this is just kind of like these things are just happening and like that's yeah. just it so, yeah it was, I, I mean I am interested to see the other two like I didn't, yeah. I didn't hate it but I'm no, just, it, I was just kind of I like, didn't hate it but it wasn't one of those that was fantastic we immediately have well, to watch like, like I get this is like a 16 year old movie but there was yeah. better CGI around <laughs> the, the, the CG it wasn't CGI wasn't great no it wasn't great <laughs> But, well, but you know, they're from New Zealand. That's yeah, you know, New Zealand. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so. That's all. I, yeah, really? that was two, yeah. Lord of the Buyers Club. <laughs> Listen, not great. 
Not great at all. <laughs> Dallas. The Dallas, I don't know. Middle Earth buyers. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, that's pretty much everything. Tell them where they can find us. All right. Well, as we are wrapping up this episode, um, you can find us on Twitter under the extended cut, and our handle is at LJJRPod. On Facebook, under the extended cut with LJJR. And we encourage you to listen to this episode and all of our other episodes on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Once again, just type in the extended cut with LJJR. Uh, We we apologize for this little bit of a hiatus leading up to this episode. It's been a few weeks, but you got to remember we're all college students. We're all doing our own thing, and we're geographically separated, so sometimes it's hard to keep a consistent schedule. But I I also mean not a ton happened. Yeah. I mean, I wish we saw Paddington too. Which I mean, we, probably I mean, we still can. We got Black Panther coming up. Yeah, a lot of. Good I'm excited for the Han Solo movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I, I, I think the trailers. Apparently, they're supposed to be like a teaser trailer for the Super Bowl, and then the actual trailers like the next mm-hmm. day, Good Morning America or something. Yeah. But like when in the Grammys, like Donald Glover had like the Lando mustache. Like it kind of got me excited. For, like, yeah, I yeah. There, there's a lot. And I'm excited. I'm. I mean, I still really liked Episode Eight. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm starting to get excited for these spin-off movies because, like, the, there's so much... Po- like, they can do whatever. <clears throat> um, yeah, there's a lot of potential coming up, and, and we're still planning on covering it. We're we're still alive. We're still making yeah. these podcasts. And uh, we we thank you for your patience as we, we try to crank episodes out as fast as we can, and we hope that you all keep listening. Also, ojrstudios at gmail.com. Yeah, please, please email OJJR us. ojrstudios on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got some... Sp- Got some special videos. Yeah, we got some videos. Joe uh, did a Kingsman review. John and I like just the two of us now. If you like this one, we did a yeah. review of Spider Man Two. Yeah, we've got and and we've got some uh, some videos in the works for possibly the next few days. So please, please keep an eye on that. And if you if you like what you hear, uh, you know, give us a shout out. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And if you don't like if you don't like what you hear, email us and tell us why. Because we're always trying to make things better for you. But with that, we hope you enjoyed uh, this this episode. LJ. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the extended cut with LJ, and uh, hopefully the other J and possibly the R will be joining us in the future. But until then, we'll see you next time.